Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Tiger fans, welcome to episode 67 of the official Tiger Talk with the 1400 Club podcast, bringing you all the latest news, updates, and buzz surrounding your mighty JSU Tigers. I am the Corey C. Be sure to download and subscribe to the podcast to be notified of every new episode. Apple Podcast users, rate and review the show, and everyone, follow Tiger Talk with the 1400 Club on Facebook and Tiger Talk 1400 on Twitter. It all helps the cause, which is the I love, Jackson State University. Hosting the show with me today is Charles Bishop. What's going on, Chuck? How you doing, B. Corey Nice to be back on with you, buddy. All right, good stuff. And, of course, we have Neely. What's up, Neely? Man, I cannot complain, D. Corey How are you, Chuck? How are you making it, man? Man, doing well, Neely, man. Uh, <laughs> how's your phone uh, a week after Coach Ryan? <laughs> I will tell you this, Chuck. It has been uh, seven days, and my phone and text message inbox, it probably feels like it's only been seven hours. Uh, <laughs> it, it, it has not let up. Uh, it, it probably has increased because, you know, you still got those rumors out there, and yeah. you got people waiting on assistant coaches and, and any other thing that may be coming about that they're just hearing. Uh, but, but I will tell you this, guys. I would much rather have that problem than the phone and text message not ringing or ringing with upset because we because the school got something wrong. So I, these are great problems for us, great problems for our athletic department. Uh, it's, it, it is just a great time to be a Tiger, and it, it's exciting. Great time to be a Tiger, man. The phone is definitely buzzing for sure. <laughs> <laughs> you bet. It's definitely the gift that keeps on giving. So I will take it every day of the week. And today we have yet another gift. Uh, because we have a special guest, and he is a former JSU great, an NFL veteran, and former teammate of Dion, Primetime Sanders, none other than Houston Hoover. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. All right. And how's everything going with oh, you? Oh, good. Just excited How like everyone are? else is. Excited <laughs> to get everything started. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. We are, we are excited as well. So, you know, as I mentioned, you were a teammate of Dion uh, with the Atlanta Falcons. So can you just tell us what he was like as a teammate? The thing about Dion was, you know, a lot of people see his talent, though, but I had never been around someone who is a student of the game 
you know, he, you know, he had the talent though, but the thing about it, he put a lot of time in the film study. And and that's what that was a key to his his success was his study. He was a, a student of the game. No doubt about it. You you know, Houston, uh, you were already with the Falcons when when Dion was uh, drafted, Coach Prime was drafted, and you know he, he comes in. Of course, we we know all about him at Florida State, but but at what point did you know uh, that he was prime time? Because you know there was a transition for some athletes from college to the pros, but uh, what did you immediately notice about him? Oh well, he he played baseball, so he was late getting in. I think he he didn't get into the season start, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. But the first game, he returned a punt back to a touchdown for a touchdown. So I I stayed right then. Okay, then he is the truth. <laughs> wow. Yes, his first game, he returned a punt back for a touchdown. Mm. And coming right wow. off of baseball, doing it. So yeah, you know, right out, out of baseball, no no training camp or anything. He came. He walked. From the baseball field to the football field, and uh, that Sunday he returned a punt for a touchdown on his first first game. Amazing! But we I tell you, Houston, we hoping for that same instant impact and success. You know, uh, on the gridiron for for fourteen hundred Lynch Street. You know, I believe. You know, being uh being Southern guys, you know, we 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 know about that Southern hospitality, and so you know, as Chuck mentioned, you were already a Falcon when Dion was drafted. But somehow you guys gravitated toward each other, and you were showing him the ropes and, and even giving him rides to practice. How 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 naturally did that, or how did that relationship just come about? Okay, um, Jamie Dukes was a real good friend of mine. You know, him and Dion was real tight, so that's that that's how the unity started with us. Okay, you know, but the thing is, you know, he didn't he didn't ride to practice with me. What he did was. I went and picked him up every Sunday morning for the game. He rode to the stadium with me every Sunday morning. Ah, I got you. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And, you know, we had a lot of talks and everything. And the thing what amazed me about him was he, you know, he talked about, you know, going to a black school. His thing was, uh, we used to talk on our way to the stadium. He said to me, he said, who, I wanted to go to a black school like you. But the thing wow. is, wow. I feel as though I could not sell myself at a black school like I could at a Florida State. He said, people got mad with me because of the fact I came out with this image about prime time, but but I didn't do no different than what Brian Bosworth did. But the only difference was I could play and he couldn't. <laughs> <laughs> and, and he felt as though that he wouldn't, he wouldn't have been able to sell himself at a small black school like he could at Florida State. Well, you know, uh, following up on that, Houston, uh, that's one of the things that he has been drumming home since his announcement is that We've got to instill in these kids and to our recruits the opportunity that now exists within HBCUs and particularly at Jackson State with him being our head coach. So it's interesting to see you to say that he had that mindset, you know, even 30 years ago or more that 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 here's why I went there and here's why now you don't have to. Exactly. And the thing is, what this reminds me of, you know, my my old head coach, WC, you know, the thing is. Every year, Coach Gordon was going to have him two to three All-Staters out of Mississippi. But we're not getting them now. But I think now now that things have changed, and, they, and you have a lot of kids thinking, okay, then I can go get this coaching from a Hall of Famer. I think they're going to persuade a lot of these kids to start coming back to the black school. Mm-hmm. You know, even though I know we're not going to be able to compete with them as far as, you know, facilities and all that, but the idea of being able to be mentored and coached by someone who played in, 
who was a Hall of Famer, you know, that that goes a, a long ways with these kids these days. Certainly. Yes, it does. Mm-hmm. Now, what, what were your thoughts when you first heard that he was going to be a coach at Jackson State? First of all, had, had, did you ever think he would be a coach, period? And then, of course, being at Jackson State, what did well, you think? Well, the thing is, you know, I knew he was coaching uh, out in Texas at a high school and everything. And um, I, I was supposed to be getting together. Uh, his son was coming to play a school in Madison right around Memorial, no, Labor Day weekend. And I was in town. And, and at the time, you know, they wouldn't allow no 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 fans in the stand or anything. But like I say, I, I had to see it to believe it. I didn't, I didn't think this was going to happen. But I knew he wanted to get into coaching, you know, but uh, I, I, I didn't think that, you know, we would have a chance to get him at Jackson State. Mm-hmm. You know, you've seen, you, you've seen Prime up close now. Uh, for Jackson State fans who, who don't have that, that inside look at him, what are they getting as a head football coach? And you mentioned the X's and O's, and, you know, there are a lot of people, they're, they're asking, well, can he do that? Can he do? What, uh, what is the Jackson State fan base getting in Coach Prime? i tell you what, I, I don't think no team would be better prepared than his team. He had the guys ready to play. And I think that that's going to be the key because the thing is, like I said earlier, he is a student of the game. He studied, and I think he's going, you know, he he going to instill that part into the players about you know what what you need to do, you know, to prepare yourself to get ready to play. And I think he's going to have the guys ready to play, and I think you're going to see a big difference. I got you there. So so Houston, uh, you know, you look at this thing. There there are there are people who, of course, who are excited. But for every yin, there's a yang. You know, for every left, there's a right. Uh, uh, people are going to say, well, you know, Houston, I hear, I hear you, man. You, you're a product of WC. You're a product of 1400 Lynch Street. You mm-hmm. got after them here, you, you know, and et cetera, et cetera. But, but Prime doesn't have any, you know, collegiate coaching experience or collegiate recruiting experience. You know, so what, what do you say to the naysayers uh, about what, what the impact of Coach Prime's, you know, recruiting ability would be? You know what? I, I I think that you know he been coaching kids, you know, uh, you know, a long time, and I think he would have that persuasive on them, you know, to you know to want them to come, and, and I think he'll be able to sell himself to these kids that hey, look, you know, I I can do X, Y, and Z for you if you if I can just get you to come here and buy into the program. Mm-hmm. But see, that's gonna be the key. You know, he's gonna have to get the kids to buy in to the program. And that's with any any team, you know, any winning program, you have to buy into the program. Well, I tell you this, Houston. Now, one thing I've that I have picked up on just in a week of, of being around him in, in this capacity, mm-hmm. he, he speaks their language. You know, he is he understands social media, he understands Instagram and Twitter, exactly, uh, and, and and how you're able to recruit electronically and stay within the rules. And he understands marketing. You know, one of the things that's going to come out from this, fellas is, you know, we are a couple of seasons away from where NCAA athletes uh, can market themselves and, and right. make, make extra money. Exactly. And if you are an athlete at Jackson State University, whether you play football or not, you have got to understand how your marketability and your brand attraction just went up because of that guy being on the same campus. So, uh I, I'm with you, Houston. I think that he's going to be able to articulate to people. I, I think people are going to get the punchline before the joke is even told. So Exactly. Uh, exactly. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I think he'll really be able to sell the university. 
right to a lot of these kids and everything and, and see that that, that was the thing is that that i admire so about uh coach gordon he knew how to sell himself coach gordon was a was a seller you know if he if, he, if you sit down and talk to him he had you and i think that's the same way it's going to be with prime no doubt about it mm-hmm. You know, Houston, and, and, and we talk about kind of the nuances of the game. We heard Michael Urban kind of talk about uh, Prime uh, just noticing uh, little things in, in terms of, of, of knowing route combinations and all that sort of stuff. But talk a little bit about, uh, you know, Prime's study of the game. You, you were in the locker room with him. You, were, uh, you could see him up close. Talk about, you know, the, the, his, his preparation, the study of the X's and O's. Well, the thing is, um, Prime used to, in, in practice, you know, he, he'll, he'll have, you know, the wide receiver running the same type, type routes and everything that he done saw on film study. You know, he wants you to run that same precise, precise route that the wide receiver that he's going to be playing against. You know, he's going to be one-on-one with the number one wide receiver on each team. So he, you know, he want to see that route, and and that's what I mean by his preparation for the game. He prepared, you know, back, you know, back in the day. This is before you know CDs and everything. You know, he had the VH1, uh, you know, the little laptop, just like the computer. He had that studying here to the to the stadium, and everything in the locker room before the game. He still studied. That's the thing is, he was gonna be on top of his game. You was not gonna be able to pull out nothing on him that he hadn't already seen and studied and prepared for. Mm-hmm. Awesome. That's, that's some great insight. And, you know, we talked about your relationship with Dion dating back to his rookie year. And you made that trip from Atlanta all the way to Jackson for the press conference when he was introduced. And uh, from what I'm told, that was your first time seeing him in about 20 years. And you guys had a huge embrace. What was that moment like for you? Well, it was just good seeing him. You know, I, you know, me and him had a good relationship, and the thing is, you know, how sometimes you just fall out in touch with one another, you don't talk to one another. And I hadn't talked to him since he left and went to Dallas, and I think I was back in, what, 92, 93, something along there. Wow. And so we had connected since then, you know, but it was just like, you know, we just picked up from where we left off at 20 years ago. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it, you, you, it was certainly – uh, a moment that you could tell there was a, a, a deep connectivity and relationship there, man. It was that was awesome to see. I'm glad y'all got to not only reconnect but re- reconnect to 1400 Lynch Street to all places. Oh, exactly, exactly. And I'm looking forward to the spring because I think he's gonna bring some real excitement back to Jackson State. Back oh, in no the, you know the excitement that uh, we had back in the WC days, where you know we win the swag championship and everything going to the playoff. I think that's what he's gonna bring back to the university. Well, man, that, that brings up a, a, a good segue to what we want to talk talk next to you about is, you know, Coach Prime has made it clear he, he wants some dogs. And, and oh, we exactly. all know we all know Houston Hoover was a dog on that line. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, when you look when you look back at, at your days, you know, under Coach Gordon and, and all that meant was as far as our history and passion of the fan base, and you know, that 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 28 game swag winning streak and all those championships. Uh, how how best do we do we get that story, you know, to let people know about choosing Jackson State because of Coach Prime, but also just because of who we were before Coach Prime and, and will continue to be? Talk to us about the history that you got to experience. Well, my thing was 
Reason I chose Jackson State, I had an uncle who played at Jackson State right before I got there in 83, Amos Coffey. And the thing is, you, you used to hear and read about all the great players, so Walter Payton, you know, Jackson Slater, you know, Robert Brazil. You, you used to hear about those type players. But the thing is, right now, we're not getting those type of players anymore. And I think right now what, what we need is just a recycling a good athlete. You know, you might not get the five-star athlete, but you can get the threes and the fours, then you can build yourself some. But the thing is, mm-hmm. five-star, you ain't going to have them for three years, no way. Mm-hmm. So, but you get the fours, the threes and the fours, then you can build something. And that's what he's going to have to do. He's going to have to get some athletes and then just start building. And, and that's what Coach Gordon them used to do. They used they they built, you know, because most people back when Coach Gordon was coaching us, most of us redshirted. He was gonna have you for five years. <laughs> you know, that, that was his thing. He was gonna have you for five years. Yeah. <laughs> you know? and, and, and I think that's gonna be the, that's gonna be the biggest thing. You know, he's gonna have to be able to build, build something. And I think he can do that. Right. Yeah, Coach, Coach Gordon was going to red shirt you, make sure he got you for five, and, and also constantly remind you that WC stood for wheel cut. Wheel cut and won't cry. <laughs> 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 and we'll call your mama. That's what he used to say. <laughs> That's good stuff. That's, That's good, good stuff. stuff. <laughs> All right, great stuff. You are listening to Tiger Talk with the 1400 Club, and we will be back after this. During this pandemic, Jackson State University has made bold and necessary steps to protect our student-athletes. In hopes to get our fans back in the stands, we ask for our Tiger family support. You can donate today to the COVID-19 Athletic Relief Fund. Your donation will assist in the funding of financial support for student-athletes, recruiting, and loss of revenue due to the COVID-19 pandemic. Thank you for all contributions, and remember, we be blue. Donate at gojsutigers.com forward slash give. Welcome back to Tiger Talk with the 1400 Club. We're here with uh, a former teammate of Coach Prime, Deion Sanders, our very own, uh, back from my glory days, uh, our very own Houston Hoover's with us. And Houston, again, man, just glad to have you on to 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 talk about your relationship with uh, Deion Sanders, and and now you know talking about uh, where we were and where we can get back to as a program. You know, you were you were part of some legendary times, man, uh, oh, yeah. and some and some legendary you know practices. You know, you mentioned Coach Prime in the NFL going up against the number one receiver. Well, you know, we, within our own locker room, uh, <laughs> you had number ones on both sides of the ball. So talk to us about those those windy those Wednesday scrimmages and and what those practices were like, you know, under under Big C and, and Coach Gordon. Well, uh, I, I remember when I first got to Atlanta, practicing with the Falcons. You know, hour and a half. You know, the biggest thing is once you get into the NFL, your biggest practice is, is a film study. You don't be you don't spend as much time on the field. So I went back to Coach Gordon. I said, Coach Gordon, I don't think I can go through one of your practice no more than them three hour practices you used to have. Cause I ain't got spoiled. You know, <laughs> thing was with Coach Gordon, tour days never was over with for us. When we got ready to play Grambling and Southern, uh, we was coming back at night in practice. 
yeah. and we knew when, when, when you know when the big games come up. You know that's the thing about Coach Gordon. He was gonna have us prepared to play. We was gonna be ready to play. You know, Houston, when you stop and kind of take a look at it, and we're talking about this this Jackson State history of great running backs, and of course, you know Walter Payton, Jeff Moore, Perry Harrington, Larry Cowan, Carl Blue. Yeah, you're paving the way for uh, Lewis Tillman, uh, and, and and he be- later becomes Jackson State's all-time leading rusher. Uh, but just Talk about that stable of backs. It's such a, a huge litany of backs that come through Jackson State, and they're running behind uh, one of the most dominant, powerful offensive lines in the SWAC at the time. Just kind of talk about that. I tell you what, I, I think we had probably one of the best position coaches around, uh, Coach Houston Marble. Like, yes, sir. Yes, Coach sir. Houston Marble. He was, you know, he was some kind of uh, office line coach. And then once he left, Big C took over, and we didn't miss a step with him. The thing is, Coach Markham, he knew about the position of offensive line. And, and, and the thing is, I'll never forget, when I first went there, I had a defensive line stand. He said, I can see you used to play defense, so we're going to have to switch all this around and everything. But the thing is, I look back on Coach Gordon's staff. He had some real coaches there. You know, you had Coach Pete, Coach Carson. You know, he, mm-hmm. had, he had some Coach Jones. He had some real coaches there. And that, right. that, 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 that's going to be the biggest thing with Coach Bryant, you know, surrounding yeah. himself with some good coaches. You know, you said, and you guys were the staple of offensive lines in the 80s. Uh, you're talking about guys like Curtis Stapleton, oh, yeah. yourself, Carl Roberts. Yeah. I, I, and you mentioned Houston Markham, and I'm real curious, you know, what was it uh, that, that Houston Markham tapped into that allowed for you guys to really uh, set a benchmark in terms of dominance in the swag? Well, I, I don't know if they still do it now, but Coach Markham used to go to a lot of NFL camps and and, mm-hmm. and learn the technique from position coaches in the NFL. See, he, Coach Markham used to teach us the same thing that Coach Hanover, when I first got to Atlanta, taught me. I had already learned that from Coach Markham because Coach Markham taught me that at Jackson State. Mm-hmm. You know, it wasn't something that I had to relearn because of the fact that, you know, I had already been taught that by Coach Markham. Mm-hmm. And, and and that's gonna and that's the key, you know. Coaching is the key, you know. Mm-hmm. You can be the mm-hmm. best athlete that is, though, but you don't have no right coaching, you know. You you're a lost case, right, right. Mm-hmm. You know, Houston, we had a big truck on the show a couple of days ago. DJ Lockwich and uh, we talked to him about you know just his recruitment, and he talked about how he turned down some some schools like Mississippi State to come to Jack State. So, kind of curious about yourself. What was that recruitment like for you, and why did you end up at uh, Jackson State? Well, my uncle, like I say, my uncle Amos Coffey uh, played there in eight, eight, 82 was his last year, and I came in 83. That's the only place I ever wanted to come. I wanted to be like my uncle. Mm. You know, mm. I, I, and then, then I didn't have the offers, you know. Of course, if I had other offers, I wouldn't have went nowhere. You know, that's the only place for me was Jackson State. No doubt about it. Mm-hmm. Wow. You know, you've been, you've been, been rightly so spotlighting the coaches uh, during your time there, and you and you played for, you know, just no better word than the iconic W.C. Gordon and all that he's meant, exactly. you know, to 1400 Lynch Street and, and just coaching. Uh, but overall, I mean, and I'm not talking about just the swag or HBCUs, but just in the world of college football, uh, do you think that, that W.C. Gordon is really getting the spotlight and shine that he deserves for, for everything that he's meant to all the players he helped produce? 
You know, I, I always have been kind of torn torn with that because of the fact that I, I, I think he should be held in, high, in much higher esteem than he is. Yes, sir. Because of the fact that, you know, the kind of people that he produced. You know, Coach yeah. Gordon produces some players. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, you know, in order to produce them, you got to recruit them, and he recruited some players. Then another thing is he had a great staff too. Mm-hmm. But uh but there but Coach Gordon was the you know, he was the head man. He was he was in charge and we knew who was in charge. <laughs> <laughs> well, we he, knew who he ran what WC stood for. <laughs> <laughs> Any memorable stories about Coach Gordon? Anything that, that, that stood out to you? I'm pretty sure there's there's plenty, but is there anything that you want to share with us? I remember when we first came in it as as freshmen and everything, Coach Gordon told us told us that uh, you know, all you freshmen coming in here, don't worry about your, your little girlfriend because, you know, Jody got them already. So, you know, you forget about thinking about your little girlfriend and going to think about football. <laughs> <laughs> oh, old Jody. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Jay, man, Jody gets you every time, Especially, especially if he know it. Look, it's two, it's two things that Jody gonna target in Lynchburg. He's gonna target, the, he gonna target the, the, the football team and the band because he know y'all busy. Oh yeah, good stuff. Yes, and and of course, you know, you had a, an amazing career at Jackson State, and then you were drafted by the Atlanta Falcons in the nineteen eighty eight NFL draft. So. What were some of the biggest adjustments for you, just kind of transitioning from Jackson State and the SWAT to the pros? Well, my, my thing is, when I first got there, I almost psyched myself out because of the fact that, you know, I'm coming from a small school. And, you know, I used to hear about, you know, read about all these other players, you know, and I almost psyched myself out. There's Tony Casillas and players like that. I'm like, hold up. I play against guys in college building, and a lot of these guys here, but they just don't, don't get the opportunity. But I have played played against a whole lot better players at Jackson State than I did in the league. And a lot of those players just didn't get the opportunity, and I think they could have succeeded in the NFL if they had that opportunity. Sure, sure. Yeah. You, you talked about uh, the, the, the rigors of, of playing for Coach Gordon and, 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 and how that was seemed like a lighter load than dealing with the NFL schedule where the emphasis was on, was on film. Uh-huh. But you know, you were you were known Houston uh for that 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 as Coach Prime says, being a dog and that grit and grind. You know, you 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 went uh four out of seven seasons, for instance, and didn't miss a game. Yeah. You know, so you had that that physical and mental prep going for you week in and week out. Is is that something that you think was 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 really developed uh during your time at the SWAC and 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 the SWAC helping prepare you to perform on Sundays? Oh, no doubt. No doubt about that. You know, because the thing is that some of the stuff that I see people, you know, used to miss practices about. I'm like, hold up. You mean tell me you can sit out of practice with that with an anchor injury? (laughs) (laughs) As Doc Bond used to always say, they put ice on it. You know, we just (laughs) get on back out to the next play. That sounds like Doc Barnes. <laughs> and, uh, you know, uh, we were uh, uh, Houston. We were lo- laughing with Big Truck. Dietrich Lockers was on last episode. Uh-huh. Uh, 
Uh, we were laughing how, you know, the swag during that era, man, was known to still be in pads on, on Thursday or sometimes Friday, you know, before a game on Saturday. So, uh, you know, it, it was rough, man. No, 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 and you, no. you guys. You was in, hold up. You was in pads on Friday. The only way you went in pads was you on the road. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> you went in pads on the road on Friday, but at home on Friday, you in pads. You don't, have, pads. A, you don't have the bottom <laughs> pads on, but you had the shoulder pads on on Friday. No doubt, no doubt. And out that thumb. Yes, yes. <laughs> That's awesome. Now, now, Houston, you know Mississippi is is in the in the footprint of the New Orleans Saints. Uh, December twenty seventh, nineteen ninety one. You guys playoff game between Atlanta and New Orleans, and, and this is this is at the height of the Dome Patrol day. Pat Swilling, Sam Mills, Juan Jones, all those guys. Uh, you guys get this wild card win down there uh, in the Superdome. Uh, you beat the Saints 27-20. Just kind of share your memories of that game. Well, Prime had a pick in that game. With a, with a bomb to uh, Michael Haynes to win the game. I, if I'm not mistaken, I want to say that game went to overtime. Mm-hmm. I might be wrong, but but I tell you what, though, New Orleans was a hard place to play. You had Pat Willing and Ricky Jackson coming off the edges, and you couldn't hear anything. Wow. You couldn't hear nothing. Then you got to call yourself looking down at the ball and when the ball was snapped. <laughs> so you, 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 your advantage is gone for a snap count because you, you don't have no advantage. You're doing the same thing right. they're doing. Mm-hmm. And, and that defense back back then, man, they had big Frank Warren as defensive tackle. Man, they was uh, Sam Mills at linebacker. Mm-hmm. Along, Jock Vaughn. <laughs> and like I say, Pastor <laughs> Willing and Ricky Jackson, man, they wasn't nothing nice. And right, going out of that right. dome, they, you, they it really was nasty down in that dome when you couldn't hear anything. Wow, yeah, that's awesome, man. Great memories. And then, do you still follow the game much uh, today? The NFL, yeah, game? yes. I, so, who's your Super Bowl pick? Uh, right now, in the AFC is, is Kansas City until somebody beat them, but Seattle's looking, <laughs> Seattle's looking really good. I like Seattle. Mm. And they can scrape down their defense because they give them a whole lot of points. Sure, sure. No doubt. Yeah. Well, they didn't give up quite enough to my Cowboys. So. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> and, you know what? <laughs> I think the Cowboys is going to be hard to beat. But that offense they have, that young boy Lamb, I like him. And, mm-hmm. and I think that, you know, by midseason, there's no one going to want to see the Dallas Cowboys. Mm. I like that, Houston. I really do. <laughs> <laughs> because you know they hurt. You know the offensive line is hurt. You know right. they got you know they got a few problems right now with injuries. Yeah, they got a few problems. Yeah, Corey had to chime in. Yeah, Corey had to chime in. Now he don't want to talk about problems. He a 49ers fan. You know they 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 all playing at the Veterans Hospital right now. So <laughs> oh, yeah, we got, got, we got, got real problems out there. When you lose two a star defensive end, you got some real problems. Yes, and both of your running backs and your quarterback. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was playing the Giants Sunday, huh? Uh huh. Yeah, absolutely. Well, uh, Houston, we hey, we appreciate you for coming on the show. All right, man, I enjoyed it. With, with you being in Atlanta. I look forward to you being the host uh, when we all come to Atlanta for the next celebration. No doubt. Because hey, we will be there. Hey, I'm looking forward to it. Yes, indeed. <laughs> good, on, brother. Right, good stuff. Hey, really, I enjoy talking to you, brother. Enjoy, y'all take care. Enjoy the Houston. Thank you. All right, brother. One, two, three.
And that'll do it for episode 67 of Tiger Talk with the 1400 Club. Thank you to all of our listeners. And again, be sure to download and subscribe to the podcast. Apple users, rate and review the show. And everyone, follow Tiger Talk with the 1400 Club on Facebook and Tiger Talk 1400 on Twitter. I can't stress the importance of this enough. We're looking to do some big things with this platform to aid the athletics department. And it all starts with you. Downloading, subscribing, rating, and reviewing the show. And tell every tiger that you know. We're on all podcast outlets. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, CastBox, and so on. And we'll be posting each episode on our Facebook and Twitter pages. As always, thank you for your support. Go Tigers. Hashtag, I believe. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.